Hello and welcome to the Modern Musclehead Podcast. This is Scott Tuzana of MetabolicMasterpiece.com and joined by me as always is my co-host Brian Cron of BrianCron.com. Links in the description below because Brian's name, B-R-Y-A-N-K-R-A-H-N, is always, if I say BrianCron.com, what are people going to type? There's like limitless um, they'll, possibilities. They'll just wind up at a, you'll wind up at a porn site if you just try to guess <laughs> <laughs> and that's the right one. <laughs> You're on the right place. You're at the right place. <laughs> Anyhow, we have a great episode coming at you today. Uh, we're going to be discussing, well, catching up today on our training, what's going on with our progress. We're going to be discussing um, exercise selection, changing. Our, can you change the shape of the muscle? Um, is there such a thing as muscle confusion, shocking a muscle? I'm going to be talking about hiring a coach. Rest weeks, uh, discussing the most recent edition of Alan Aragon's research report, talking about some dumb shit that we read this week, and providing you with some tips of the week. And today is Valentine's Day, so it is an extra sweet edition. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, welcome to the call, buddy. How the hell are you doing, and how's things been going with your training this week? You've been doing a a double split routine, so I'm excited to to catch up with you on that and, and hear how things are going. If, uh, things are doing well. The, uh, the the double split routine has been really, really good. I really like it. I mean, it's it's certainly an investment of time, but it's short, fast workouts and very focused, and I'm liking, I'm liking the results so far. I mean, it's still very early, but uh, yeah, so far so good. It, Can't complain. It's an investment of time when you look at the days that you're in the gym going twice. in the morning, yeah, twice a day. Yeah. But then you have those, you're doing that three times a week, basically. Yeah, yeah, I, just Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then today I'm going to go in, today being Saturday, of course, and just do one session of just a, a shoulder bro fest. But, nice, uh, nice, yeah. nice. So, I mean, all in all, it's not like it's that much more of a time investment than if you're doing like a five-day split or something like that. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it, and uh, yeah, you know what I'm finding? Having more days where I'm kind of completely off, I do get more work done. So it's uh, there's there's a healthy trade-off there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's all in perspective, I guess. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the days that you're twice a day can be very, really busy days, but it is nice to have a focused day just to yeah. do the other stuff, focus on everything else that's going on in life yeah. and not have to worry about scheduling your brushing off to the gym or anything like that so yeah pretty cool and and what's what's happening physically with you uh it's uh it's interesting and um my (laughs) my weight's been going up despite kind of thinking that i was sort of in a (laughs) sort of cutting but uh uh that's kind of ties into something i'm not tracking my calories as, as 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 well as i should be or as well as i will be uh, so I could probably be explaining that because I'm hungry as hell and I'm certainly eating more and kind of feeding, feeding this training. Um, and certainly, but the mirror, from what I could see, things are happening in a, in a good, in a good way. Uh, definitely, definitely a little bit fuller and certainly not any fatter. So, and my, I always track my waist too, and that's actually been kind of creeping down. So I'm, yeah, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised so far. That's, that's a great measurement for, for yeah. us guys. And especially during a building phase, if, if you see yeah. that your weight is going up, yet your waist measurement is staying the same, 
it's a good indication that you're uh, you're putting on muscle mass and and not fat. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because we usually that's going to be the first place that we most of us guys are going to deposit fat is going to be around that belly button area. When you measure around the belly button area, that's going to include the the love handles and lower back fat and everything too. So the the first and last place that uh, fat gets stored and burned off for us. Absolutely. Yeah. First for me, last for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And weight wise, like, are you stepping on a scale once a week or how, how are you measuring that? Uh, like how you know that you went up in weight? Yeah. Just every Saturday morning, I, before I eat or drink anything, I, I hop on the bad boy and I don't put a lot of faith in the scale and, but it, you know, you do want to know where it's trending. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, and I'm back up to two Oh two. So I don't know. Interesting. Excellent. Yeah it, yeah, it is. That's I was writing the same thing yesterday in Tom Venuto's Burn the Fat Inner Circle because there was a, a frustrated woman in there who she she <laughs> lost. Isn't that every female? <laughs> frustrated. <laughs> um, she had lost a lot of weight the first week and then the second week she gained a little bit of weight. And it was mm-hmm. interesting because it was the same experience that one of my female clients had last week. Um, she was doing well initially. We've been together for three. I think this is our fourth week together. And so she's making good progress. And then up uh, a pound. Oh. She, had, she had gained a pound oh, last boy. week. And she's like, oh, man, I'm so frustrated. I'm not making any progress. I'm like, first thing I told her, just don't panic. Like that, It's yeah. one measurement. And it can easily, I mean, there's so many factors that are going to impact your scale Wait, I said, don't panic. Just keep tracking this week. Do everything you're doing. She actually, because she's been doing three days of cardio uh, up right. to this point. And this week, she only did one day of cardio, was tracking, was eating exactly where her target goals were. And she's not only down a pound below where she was last week, so kind of wiping out that one pound gain in yeah. weight, but she's a pound less than what she was um, there before. So it's... And I find even myself, scale weight, like I could be, like I could have a, if I weigh myself two days in a row and I'm in a deficit today, for some reason, the scale can actually go up depending on what I ate the day before. Is there still food waste in my system? So even though I'm still in a deficit, who knows what it's causing in terms of water weight or whatever. I just, there's so many different factors. There's times where I'm like, Shit, I I was in a, a 750 calorie deficit yesterday, and I'm up a pound. What's going on? And then the next day, I'm down three pounds or whatever, two pounds. So it just it can easily fluctuate. But just like you said, focusing on the trends is yep. the most important thing. So, so we have a bad week. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't make any drastic changes this week. Keep doing what you're doing and see. All right, two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. How do things balance out at the end of the month? And then if things are trending, you're still you're gaining weight or not losing enough weight, then you start to yes. – so many people panic and make drastic changes and get even more and more frustrated because they're, they're so if – you're, if you're looking at that scale weight and making changes every single week, um, you don't, there's no consistency to really know what's going on there. Especially, I mean – I mean, especially with with women. I mean, there's, I mean, there's yeah. other. You, you mentioned four weeks. I yeah. mean, you know, you know, they have monthly fluctuations that you know significantly, <laughs> you know, affect scale weight just on its own. So, yeah, I mean, with when I work with women, I, I you know, guys, I, I, I don't mind them going on the scale as much because just they 
tend to not get as freaked out either, but uh, even even like experienced female trainees, like they'll still get a little weirded out by the scale and the fluctuations. So I'd really some just can't can't handle it. You literally have to take the scale away from them and get them just to focus on you know doing what they need to do day after day and just kind of ignoring that measure completely. Uh, it's just I don't know what it is about the scale with women. They just sometimes they get kind of torpedoed by it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. focus on the process. The, the, pro, the, the process really is the most important thing, yeah. being consistent. Because it's amazing that scale, if it doesn't show them a reading yeah. that they're happy with, it can completely throw them off. Then all of a sudden they're going on a binge and saying, fuck it. And just they really get stressed out and frustrated about the whole thing. And, and so there's there's definitely the downside. You just need to put your faith in the process and enjoy the process, and but this, those measurements are still good. And just as long as you're not looking at one measurement yeah. to kind of define everything that's going on, it is trends are key. Yeah, it's funny. I, I I've kept logs of other diets just for myself that I've done, and just like the how things have trended week over week. And it is never, at least for me, and certainly with no one I've worked with, it's never a perfectly linear process. It's always like, you know, you have a you know, kind of stagnant, and then you'll have a weight will go down kind of almost drastically, and then it'll kind of plateau for a while. Sometimes it'll creep back up, and you just have to look how it – it's like a business, man. you got to see how it trends over a longer period. Yeah, and this is a lifestyle for us. I mean, we're used yeah. to these these ebbs and flows, and yeah. to, we just embrace it all. Uh, and we're, to, yeah. we're, we're content with slow and steady, uh, <laughs> but still there's times where – I think that's the thing. Like you, you don't have any kind of urgency right now with your – you're in a cutting phase, but there's no, no solid concrete oh. deadline that's coming up anytime soon. And I'm kind of the same way right now. Um, it is, it's a whole different experience than if I have a photo shoot booked or a competition booked at a certain date and time in the very near future, then, then that urgency kicks in and, and tracking becomes a hell of a lot more important and being very as consistent as possible. Is, uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, and how about with, uh, with, so you're doing the strength focus training in the morning times or has your strength gone up at all, um, during this program? Uh, well, it's a, so far it's only been about, it's either been two or three weeks. So things are, are creeping up, but I mean, they, you know, new program, you always get a bit of a shock, uh, you know, when you change your exercises and what you're doing. And uh, certainly uh, now that you know, I've kind of passed the the beginner stages of the program where you actually start to see real real trends, it's, I'm definitely getting stronger in the mornings. And I just love uh, I just love going back at night and just not really thinking about that. Like I, I just go for a pump. I just do any random weeder shit that pumps into my head like – Drop sets, extended sets, supersets, giant sets, and it doesn't matter if the gym is busy and I can only get on some, you know, equipment that I haven't used in years or never used. I just go for a pump. I just go for that, 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 the the, the best possible kind of. I go for the pain zone, as my yes, <laughs> as yes. John Meadows would say, pain tolerance, and it's great. I mean, I just kind of leave my brain at the door and. Uh, and, and, and train that way. Whereas in the mornings, it's very much more strength training, like analytical. I, I got my logbook and I, I'm keeping track of everything. So it's, it's just a nice, it's a nice change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that. I love all that, uh, classic 
bodybuilding, different training protocol to yeah. get that pump that really caused that metabolic stress. And yeah. last, the phase that we just finished up with last week, it began with um, the beginning of the workout was strength focused, just doing some straight sets. But then we we sprinkled in rest pause sets, eight sets of eight, and drop sets. And fuck, wait, the pump, the burn, it was. <laughs> It was insane, and uh, like for me, my arms just—it was—it it gets ridiculous to see yeah. uh, the pump and the vascularity. It—it's uh, freaking awesome. And then my workout partner Rick, his uh, his chest is, is maybe one of his stronger points. And and during certain like eight sets of eight and um, drop sets, you can see it like each set, his chest just get it bigger and bigger and just popping out like crazy it's like a mountain coming up there like it's just it's fun to see it going on in action i just i love that burn i love that feel i love that 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 hurt it uh it's awesome i freaking oh, love it oh it's my favorite way to train yeah. without question yeah, yeah. it's and uh for me this month we've kind of dialed it back and we're going more taking a little bit more simplistic approach and it's kind of been interesting to see my psychology um how i'm reacting mentally i guess emotionally to it all because just been kind of doing um straight sets with everything just hitting some different rep ranges yeah and i I found myself thinking shit is this am i I doing good like during our first (laughs) chest workout because i last month our last phase that my chest was just the pump was ridiculous and then i was like halfway through the workout and thinking man i was I'm not sure about this. And even like I did find we work in, in um, like lower pecs is an area that I want to bring up. It's an aspect of my chest that I want to bring up. Um, and so we worked in the decline bench this month. And um, I remember thinking like that the first set, I'm not really feeling it. And um, I wasn't sure like during while the set was going on, I was really talking to myself out of it. And I remember getting up off the bench and going, ah, I'm not too sure. Do we want to keep up this? And then all of a sudden, my lower pecs, I'm like, well, fuck, I got to. My lower pecs are pumped. They're burning like crazy. What's going on here? And so maybe, maybe this is good. Maybe I should stick with it. And then, so I think, yeah, we just did straight sets. But we did finish off with a, a superset, which really isn't all that uh, too much of a shock or too much of a variety in the training. But uh I remember thinking at the end of the workout, eh, I think last month was a bit better. And then uh, the day after and the day after, insane. Like my yeah. the, the muscle soreness, the DOMS, uh, I haven't experienced uh, like this in a long time. And I could feel like the lower pec region especially uh, because yeah. I haven't done decline in, in a couple months. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like it's – I'm really sore down there and uh, – well, straight cool. sets, yeah. Straight sets definitely works, man. I mean, it certainly works. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's certain time, especially when you're yeah. selling programming and like all these workouts. Everything I do becomes a part of my aesthetic muscle plan, and I think that's in my own head. I'm like, like I look at it on paper, I'm like, man, it's kind of bland and boring. Yeah, but yeah. then sometimes, I mean, that's exactly what you need, and and you're there, it works. It still works mm-hmm. as long as you're hitting all the different rep ranges and including yeah. a, a variety of exercises in there. Um, yeah. I f- like I find if it's a genetically strong body part for you, you really don't have to get fancy. Like you just, you just do the straight sets of a, of a good exercise will probably get you. Well, yeah, I mean it will certainly get you most of the way there. Like I can just, if I, 
I can just squat for legs and, and I would be probably just fine. But, uh, you know, it's, it's when you have like a, you know, something that's a little more stubborn. That's where you have to, I find you have to get a little bit more creative, do different exercises, different techniques, different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I hear you. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's always good to change. I just, I do like mixing things up every, every month. So this is, this is kind of skyrocketed my, my enthusiasm, and uh, it is. It just a little change just gets me excited, and I think just seeing like progress in the mirror is always yeah. exciting as well. Like so, scale weight, it's going slow and steady. Like I'm pretty much been half a pound a week, so oh, I'm not nice. trying to be aggressive at all. And I'm basically been doing like three to four days in a deficit, and one day in a surplus and the other two days are close to maintenance, maybe just a little bit below maintenance. So just a slight deficit has been going really well. I don't feel like I'm dieting. Um, yeah. So like my low days, my deficit days are like a 750 calorie deficit, which is pretty good. I, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. I don't feel like I'm you should expand. Sorry. To inter- yeah. Sorry. To ex- sorry. To inter- you should expand on that for, for people. So because you're you're one. You're 155? Yeah, or- yeah. I'm sitting at, again, that is going to depend. So if I weigh myself after three to four days in a deficit, I'm probably around 153-ish. And those days where I'm around maintenance, um, I end up around 155. So that's always an interesting thing, like scale weight people look at. Like if yeah. you're cutting and your competition weight, it, it, it can be very different from that day where you've been in a deficit and then going to just eating at maintenance level calories um, just because the food volume water the glycogen in your muscles and all that stuff so so you'll have like four days in a in a deficit then you have a couple days of maintenance then one day where you quote-unquote overfeed is that how you yes. set it up yeah oh, okay interesting yeah. and, and a lot of it like right now i used to be very structured uh, uh-huh. i love carb cycling calorie cycling uh, so I would always go the three days low, and on the fourth day, I'd bump up my calories. I would just continue with that cycle. It yeah. seemed very natural to me. My body responded really well to it. Um, that was during fat loss phases. Um, at times, whereas um, maintaining my muscle, Tom Venuto's approach in his uh, Holy Grail, um, the Holy yeah. Grail Body Transformation book, uh, he's got a few different approaches for like maintenance, fat loss, and, and muscle building. And um, sometimes it's like three days low, three days high and, um, th- or yeah. three, three days low, two days high. So I've played around with all of them and they all, I, I really like it. I just really naturally cycle, even whether I'm, whether I'm building yeah. or cutting, I never kind of eat the same number mm-hmm. of calories each day. And, um, yeah, so this, this is, this is going, it just, it goes well. I kind of, so now I, there's no structure. It's just. I'll go as many days in a row as I can with uh, in, in the deficit, and then I just usually my body tells me, "You bastard, yeah. get get some more food in you, so I can keep my performance up and um, feel like, good." Like, are you the like, are you the type that I find like with these two days, like son of a bitch, like I am so hungry that I've kind of I've kind of set things up that on the days where I'm where I'm training that much that I just I, you know I, I make those high calorie days and try to compensate. Uh, on the other days by yes. trying not to eat as much. So is that what you do? You eat more on higher activity days than on, on lower activity days? You eat less? Is that- yeah, it, it tends to happen that way, especially um, yeah. like back day and leg day. I find those are two v- 
very, very demanding, physically demanding days that leave me a little more exhausted. And then days I play hockey as well. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll bump up my calories a bit more on those yep. days. And it always seems to be like the day I'm in a surplus, the next day I'm not as hungry. So yeah, it's a yeah. great way. Like I'm, That's when I'm going to start my deficit there. And that may be even a little bit greater than a 750 calorie deficit just because I'm just not feeling that hungry that day. So rather than following a set number, I'm kind of been listening to my body and looking more at things on a weekly basis rather than obsessing over the numbers day to day i kind of look all right at the end of the week did i create this number deficit and um it usually works out to uh to where i want it to be yeah that's probably one of the best things that i learned and relatively well not recently but relatively recently is what is just what you said is looking at things on a on a weekly aggregate as opposed to you know, daily. Yeah. You know, just look, you know, just afford so much more flexibility and sanity. And, and yeah, that's it. Because so many people will throw in the towel based on one day. I'm like, it's one day. You got your whole week here. You can easily wipe that uh, day out. It's not going to, it's not going to set you back. And then you look at things, you look at the big picture as a whole. So I look at things at the week and then the month and, and yeah. the year. In the grand scheme of things, this is my, it's my lifestyle. One day, one week, all that shit's not going to, in the big picture, it's not going to make that big a difference. Again, trends. If I'm keeping up bad <laughs> habits and shit and surplus for a month, then we're looking at trouble. And that's where I was in December, and that's why it's taken me a few weeks to get right back to where I was before mm-hmm. December. And yeah, But again, that's it is what it is, and it's looking at things uh, on the whole. Absolutely. So things are good. So that's, uh, yeah, it's... Great to hear how things have been going for you. And now let's get into, let's talk about exercise selection. And we'll, well, first of all, let's let's start off. Facebook is so good for just hearing, getting ideas for topics on podcasts. And um, yeah, it's just interesting. People share some interesting shit on here. And uh, so this was, this was yesterday. Um, and it's a lot of a lot of things. It just comes down to interpretation uh, yeah. of what people write, and you put a written word, and some people mean it to mean some, <laughs> write it meaning something else, and then you can interpret it in a different way. But anyway, so there was uh, a personal trainer who shared a fitness tip, and uh, just basically talking about um, how how. It, any if if you hear a trainer say something like there you need to switch up your programs in order to shock your muscles and cause muscle confusion they're full of crap and if that's <laughs> if that's all they they said if they just said all right the whole idea of shocking your muscles or confusing your muscles is bullshit all right uh-huh. i hear you we're we're in agreement and and, and i think that's yeah i, I i'm on par I love Facebook. God, Facebook. But then they go on to say that, I mean, basically all you need to do is just focus on your core lifts and continue uh, to improve on them. Like, well, that's bullshit too. Unless, <laughs> it, well, again, I shouldn't even say that's bullshit. Yeah. To some people, that's what they love. I, I, I just want to get better and better at performance. I want to I want to get better at the deadlift, my squat, um, the bench press, and pull-ups. That's all I care about is just getting stronger on those and performing them better for life. Well, if that's your goal and that excites the hell of you, that's fucking awesome. But I mean, uh-huh. as a physique athlete, uh, 
well, even as someone, a love, uh, someone who has a love of bodybuilding, uh, man, if all I did was straight sets and, and, and tried to up my numbers on just a few lifts, that's just not me. I, I love, I love bodybuilding because it's limitless potential. There's so many different ways that you can perform each of those core movements. And, um, man, if I just stuck with straight sets and, and just a few lifts, I'd be bored out of my mind and just kind of leaving, leaving so much yeah. on the table. It, uh, it's just not, not for me, but I just, I just found it interesting to see, yeah. to see someone yeah. take a point that, yeah, shocking your muscles and confusing and bullshit, but then to, to do the complete opposite and never change, um, and just keep doing the same things over and over again, trying to get better. I think you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment. Cause even there's a lot yep. of coaches that I've talked to in the past few months that, um, when they've been so focused on always trying to increase their numbers, it can play as much of a psychological factor as like, if you're not seeing your physique change all the time, cause you can't always get stronger and stronger. And even if you are, it can come very, very slowly, um, so yeah, you can set yourself up for a lot of emotional challenges when you don't see that weight going up and you can hurt yourself too. I hear a lot oh. of these people are just always, everything is for the sake of getting stronger. And then there's some of them that have, um, they haven't been able to do some of their favorite lifts for over a year now. It, lifts that mm-hmm. they were known for doing and, uh, being strong at and kind of built a reputation on and here they are, they just can't do it, um. Because it hurt themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like and kind of like what I said earlier. I mean, if if just doing you know straight sets of the of the basic lifts. I mean, certainly that's that's the best way to get strong. But if that you're pretty gifted, if that's if that gets you all the way in terms of hypertrophy. In in my experience, I mean, the people, those dudes who say, oh, you don't need to do direct arm work, just do chins and dips. Like, absolutely, those are great exercises for you know flexors and extensors, but at a certain, you know, it, you, you've kind of won the, the genetic lottery in terms of, in terms of arm genetics. If just doing that type of work takes you to your full potential, and I just, Frank, I, I know dudes like that absolutely, and I, and I certainly it can work, but they're in the minority in my experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I hear you. And then the other thing is, like, if you're always focused on trying to improve the numbers on certain lifts, and then I said, wait, what happens if you change the order of the workouts? Like it, <laughs> it's a it's a different ball game, and and it's like I know for myself, I was always in the habit of doing pull ups at the beginning of the workout, and then Tom Venuta said, well, one time he said, well, have you ever thought of putting them at the end of the workout? I'm like, well, shit, no, I'd be no. dead and exhausted, but you do it, and it's a whole different experience. Yeah. So sure, I can't. Yeah. I can't strap weight around my waist and, and, and crank out a whole bunch of reps if I do pull-ups at the end of the workout. Um, and I sh- certainly can't get the same number of reps. But uh, it's an interesting feel. It's a completely different experience. And it's kind of fun to break out of that habit and routine. And, I mean, as much as we use terms as shocking your muscles, it, it causes a different kind of adaptation response. And... Um, same thing with with switching up the ways that you perform those exercises. I mean, doing them. If I'm doing um, bench press and I'm doing eight sets of eight this week, I'm not going to be using the same kind of weight 
if I'm doing straight sets next week or doing a superset the following week or um, <clears throat> pyramids or whatever, it, it, all the different training protocols, it's going to be a different weight selection. So that's, I'm never really, my, my numbers stay relatively the same for a lot of the exercises because I'm changing up the way that I'm performing them each and every week, each and every month. Yep. Uh, but the main thing is my goal is, is a look and, and gaining muscle hypertrophy and it's serving that purpose for me. So I don't always have to, I, I haven't for all these years, I haven't gone that much up in weight for some of the movements, but my physique has improved uh, dramatically. So that's, oh, absolutely. That's I mean, I'm just a huge believer for hypertrophy in, in, in two things and that's, and that's volume uh, and certainly variety. And just because uh, the, you can definitely, uh, I mean, as that someone posted a study in that particular Facebook link, and it kind of supported that as well, is that, you know, a variety of exercises does play a factor in, in, in the development of the muscle. And it's certainly it's something that you people should explore. I mean, there's so many different ways to hit even a, you know, to change it, but even a basic exercise, you can just by altering the hand position or the grip or, and that's not even going to, into things like other things you can modify, like like tempos and and you know, whether eccentric or concentric tempo and and uh, time between sets. Like, there's so many things that you can manipulate to change the stimulus and to just bring a little variety into your training, and I, it definitely supports growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that, that that post that you're talking about is something that our buddy Sean Phillips posted the other day, um, and he asked, "True or false?" Specific. Yeah specific exercises can be used to shape a muscle example concentration curls can peak a bicep um maybe that's not the best example there but can you shape a muscle with specific exercises and it's amazing like that that type of a question really sparked (laughs) some some very passionate um responses and um it's definitely, I mean, this is something that, uh, that has been talked about among the bodybuilding community for a while. I mean, we've always, bodybuilders for, for decades have known that certain exercises can shape a muscle uh, to a degree in, in a certain way. And, and recently we've had research to back that up. It's something that uh, Brad Schoenfeld has talked, discussed a lot about, has had a lot of great articles on it. He's discussed it in his book, um, uh, the max muscle plan. Um, mm-hmm. and it was great to see that, um, Dr. Jose Antonio, uh, posted some studies there, um, to support. And, and there is, there's, there's research showing a non-uniform response to, um, the basically hypertrophy, um, build, mm-hmm. building and shaping a muscle. And, um, cause they are, I mean, the main thing, if you're looking at the research, I, I'll, I'll post, he, he shared two, two papers. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, uh, over at metabolicmasterpiece.com for this is episode yeah. number 10, I believe. Um, and you can share them as well. So we'll, I'll have links to, to some of these papers to kind of back up, um, the reasons why you can shape a muscle and, and reason being that, uh, we now know that muscle fibers don't run the length like your bicep where it inserts down in, in the forearm and where it uh, attaches, up on your your humerus and on, up in the shoulder area, crossing the joint, um, 
it, the muscle fibers don't, it's not like one long fiber running the whole span of that muscle. There's all different little compartments of muscle fibers and they're all being innervated by different nerves. So certain exercises can target specific areas of a muscle, specific fibers and require different nerves to innervate those fibers. So, um, like example, the, the trapezius is, is kind of one of those complicated muscles. It, it, it's in the shape of a T, like starting at the base of your skull, going out to your shoulders, and then coming down mid-back. Certain exercises can target the lower aspect of the trap, certain exercises the upper aspect. Um, so in that sense, I mean, us bros have, have kind of known that for a while, but now we see that because the way um, the nerve, uh, the muscle fibers are kind of compartmentalized, and and the nerves that innervate the different aspects of a muscle. Um, you can see that certainly um, there's certain exercises that would help you bring up a weaker area. So if you're always doing exercises that tend to place a greater emphasis on the the upper portion of traps and your lower traps aren't developed, there's certain exercises you can do to bring up that area and kind of dial down the activation of the upper area. So in that sense, you can shape a muscle. And I think people weren't looking at it that way. Uh, People who are arguing against it, saying false, you can't shape a muscle. It's all 100% (laughs) genetics. Uh, They were all just kind of looking at like the origin and insertion. You, You can't change where your muscle originates and inserts on your body and that's so um, an example I use is like my workout partner and I we both have 17 inch arms yet our biceps look different I have longer bicep head so my my biceps tend to look a little more fuller and and bigger Uh, even though they're the exact same size he's got shorter bicep head but his peak looks different and our separations are different so we all it's you, I can't make my bicep look like his and he can't make my his bicep look like mine based on doing certain different exercises, but you can shape the way that muscle looks. It doesn't have to grow completely. Like if your muscle is a certain shape, it's it doesn't necessarily have to grow exactly the same all the way through. You can kind of change the shape. You can't change where it originates and inserts. You can't make it longer, but you no. can bring up certain aspects of the muscle. Oh, certainly. Absolutely. And uh, I find a lot of, certainly not every, not certainly not in every case, like there are some people who, who have like just straight up lousy genetics for certain body parts. It's just, you know, it's just a fact. But I do maintain that if you get really creative with your programming and, and take a kind of an analytical approach and, and use things like volume and variety, all of a sudden, I don't know. I'm not saying you can change your genetics, but you can certainly you can certainly approve upon what you've been given. Yes, and that's something that you wrote about this week over at uh, BrianCron.com. Talked about discussed genetics, so it's kind of interesting. This this all ties in together. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, yeah. genetics is it's just your starting point. There's certainly you can always make progress. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just working, yeah, working with what you've got. It, calves yeah. is another area. I mean, that's one of my genetically weaker points, but. Uh, if I hammer them hard, I can bring those suckers up, but I couldn't change. Like there's some guys who have like low, like their calf calves, like go right down low. Like even around their ankles are thick and massive and branch right up. And then other people is like really long and narrow and they just got short looking calves at the top. You're not going to be able to change the way it looks, but, um, you can 
build upon that and make them look the best they can. Absolutely. It's interesting. I saw something else this week on genetics. I think it might have been Brad that shared some of that research where it was based on fat loss that really genetics has mm, such yeah. small impact on on how how fast you're going to lose weight. It's, it's certainly all of us are going to lose at a different rate, but we all have like the same capacity to to get really lean if we wanted to and put in the work and effort. Some for some of us it's going to be harder than others, um, but not. I mean, well, most of us have a pretty good capacity to get in really good shape. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, genetics always plays a part, but it's just it's. I think if you you have to kind of get that out of your head, so to speak. It's such a it's such a stumbling block for people. They they just decide, oh, you know what? I, I'm a hard gainer. I got you know I got lousy genetics. I, you know, my dad was skinny. I'm a hard gainer. You know, <laughs> and just I don't know. Everybody starts, everybody starts somewhere, and you know, yeah, there's there's genetic outliers. I mean, there's the Ronnie Coleman's of this world and stuff like that. But the majority of people can make enormous progress, even from very very humble beginnings. And yeah, it's just. I never, I never consider my genetics anymore. I just, I just never. That's just, I can't do anything about it. So why would I, why would I think about that? I mean, I just look, I just try to train my body intelligently and and make progress where I can and and get creative when I'm when I'm in a slump. So yep. that's my lesson. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It, yeah. it was it was really interesting to see, um, like I said, the the. <laughs> the emotional responses that really came out from some people. It's like some people just read the question, don't read any of the discussion going on. And yeah, uh, yeah, immediately yeah. like there's one guy who, <laughs> I, I call BS. <laughs> there's no way you can change. It's all genetics. And like, Holy, uh, all right. There's the, all right, when, I, when I see a response like that, it's, um, you can tell right away. It's someone who's very close minded, opinionated. And like, no matter what you do or say, or present them with, they're never going to change their mind. I think that's um, that's a, a poor way to approach. Well, I think life in general. Um, yeah, it, it was really inter- interesting, but and it's, it wasn't even like it's a heated topic. Like, um, yeah, <laughs> when you're when you're talking about bulletproof coffee or paleo or anything like that. Um, yeah, you can see certain things that people get very married to um, an idea, a concept that that creates. Um, almost a cult-like following. Well, it's just there's there's comfort in rules. You know what I mean? Like if you, you know, I, I can only eat foods that <laughs> I can only eat foods that start with the letter T or something or, or some bullshit. Like I mean, it just it's it, there's comfort in that. There's a structure to that, and there's comfort, and you can kind of you can p- kind of build a life around that. And then someone comes in and questions that, and 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 some people just they lose it. They lose their shit, yo. <laughs> <laughs> And it's interesting. I mean, it's always great to, uh, well, even that'll lead us into Alan Aragon's research report for uh, the, the January edition here, because he, uh, in his editor's cut at the beginning of the report, he was kind of think, covering things that he's learned over the past couple of years here. And um, paleo was brought up and just how the research just hasn't hasn't supported or backed up some of their claims um they're talking about the the mct oils again the the bulletproof coffee people and um they really really dive into a lot of um the research 
and kind of pick things apart and see, all right, there's yeah. what supports everything out there. And, and a lot of these things, like I said, bring out really heated things. Another thing he covered was um, artificial sweeteners, and that's a topic. Oh, Holy, there's some people out there that um, they are, they I think they're really convinced that we're all dying and killing ourselves because of uh, these trace amounts of artificial sweeteners in our diet. And uh, yet, yet, when you look at all the research, there's just tons and tons of research showing that it's not, there's no, <laughs> there's, there's no <laughs> downfall to it. And then there's like hardly any research at all for some of these so-called natural um, sweeteners yet because they, it, it's claimed to be natural. You're assuming, all right, it's, it can't harm me in any way, shape or form. So it, it's amazing that it'll take a, take a look at a huge body of evidence that says they, it's it's safe in these trace amounts, and then there's no evidence to support that some of these more natural um, selections oh, are, are going to be any better for you. Yeah, if you want to just kind of lose all faith in humanity and, and just kind of <laughs> just want to retire to a, to an island completely by yourself for a few weeks, just yeah, go on <laughs> go on the internet and and, and, and Google artificial sweeteners and kind of look at some of the debates it's just painful it's painful i mean people are yeah people have no business having an opinion well that should, that sounds wrong people who have no business like broadcasting their opinion certainly have very strong opinions of artificial sweeteners and uh yeah it's kind of much ado about nothing in my in my personal opinion mm-hmm. yeah. some people just like controversy they, they just yeah. i think that's I think that's one of the downfalls of, of social media. I see a lot of people they get really riled up. I fuck, that would destroy my day if I <laughs> if I had to get obsessed in, in these debates and arguments on on Facebook. It's um, a lot of times it's just just silliness. Sometimes it's tempting to jump in there because there's just some blatantly uh, stupid things that people say and do. Oh, uh, like, you, you can't, man. You can't. You can't. You can't fight stupid people at their level, man. They will just. <laughs> They, their resources are unlimited, man, and they're tireless. And they will they will beat you. Like you'll you'll want to, you know, you want to go out and do something that like I don't know makes you money or brings joy to your life. But they don't do that. They don't make those sacrifices. Like they're they're stapled to their computer, and they will argue with you until you until you tap out, and then they'll declare victory. So, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you you have to avoid it. You know, that's why I don't know. I, I, it's just funny when Facebook started. It was all like. I don't know, people just hooking up with their class, like not hooking up, but like, you know, reconnecting with their old classmates and, you know, posting dog pics and shit like that. And, and now it's just turned into this thing, especially in the training and nutrition realm. I, I'm just waiting for it to go back to like linking up with old classmates and dog pics. Then yeah. I'll be the occasional boob pic, you know, then I'll be, then I'll be back <laughs> on it more. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna happen, but uh, yeah, I doubt it. it yeah. It's a it's it's a beast that's just growing and growing. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, but Fred Hahn is awesome. Oh I gotta God. jump in. Fred Fred Hahn is awesome. I I like everything he posts. I immediately like it. I've actually I've set my Facebook to automatically like anything he posts because he's just <laughs> he's just a force to be reckoned with. I love him. He uh, so- he sparked some great <laughs> debate. I, I, that again, I swear he lives for that shit. Uh, I think he's just the world's greatest troll. I, I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> one. That's fantastic. Now, some of the things. The one thing 
each month when Alan's research report comes out, the thing that always blows me away, and it's always the reason why I subscribe to it month after month, is the way these guys break shit down, like break the research down and seeing, um, he was mentioning some of the things he learned about, um, I think he was comparing different diets or, or comparing the difference between uh, high protein diets, low pro or high fat diets and high carb diets or whatever, all these different things. And he's looking at, well, the, the studies didn't match protein intake. So it's amazing how they're looking at like how relevant is this study. Even Fred, Fred Hahn, when he's arguing with these guys and trolling around, that's the first thing he does is like, if a, if a study doesn't agree with his point of view, he's picking it apart and seeing, like they, they, it blows me away at how they can break it down and look at the subjects and well, they were untrained subjects or um, any kind of background of each of the subjects. There's too few subjects in the study and um, they didn't control this. It was self-reported or the way they measured the results at the end was off and how significant was the difference in results between the groups and it's it really is it, it's an art the way these guys can break this shit down i, I look at a study I'll, I'll read it all and 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 see the the like, everything in there like how the hell did they come to this conclusion like how did they how do they pick out all this little data and then when they compare it to other studies and it just uh, it blows me away man yeah it just that's why i i just let those guys do the that type of heavy lifting i just don't have i don't have the training you know, I don't have the experience to interpret research, and I kind of find when a bit of a peeve of mine, especially my fellow my fellow rep counters, who kind of fancy themselves like you know research buffs now, just because they can get on PubMed or or run a Google search. I mean, let these let these guys do it, man. I mean, they can they're way better at it. They can spot faulty research. They can interpret it. They can you know, like you say, spot the limitations and blah 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 blah. I mean, let them do it and and break it down for you. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I certainly, I yeah, I avoid it completely just because yeah. these guys are <laughs> there's. It's so involved and it's uh, it's, it's a hell of a lot more than just like, oh, is it a rat study? Oh, it was actually a human study. That means it's valid. You know, right. it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the more and more, like from what I see, it's always a study's published, and it's never you never hear that at the end of it, we, this is the definitive answer. It's always, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be another study that's going to try to look at it. And sometimes it seems like the, the, the good guys in the industry, the ones who are doing some of these studies at the end, the conclusion, it's always like more we research. Need more research. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's always, it, fuck you. I don't <laughs> just give me an answer. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's always, it seems like it's, it's never ending. I think that's what excites them the, the, yeah. the, the geeks in our, our business um and, and yeah thank god for them because uh yeah they're producing some some great stuff and always always learning always keeping uh, us on the cutting edge and even just a lot of times for things that we think there's answers to there there just aren't like one of the one of the um uh articles in in the research report was on self uh, myofascial release and trigger points and oh yeah that's cool like i know i i've got it i mean i call it a knot or a trigger point and <laughs> when i when i use that lacrosse ball or rumble roller and yeah. i i feel that knot and i feel it releasing 
and I feel better afterwards. But we really like it's interesting when you look at the the research. Out there. We we really don't know what it is, what it really is, what is a knot, uh, what is a trigger point, and. We, yeah, but the question is, do you bring your own rumble roller to the gym? Like that's I what do. they do at my gym. Oh, okay, I won't say anything. Yeah, just, it's like, I'll say it. at times. At times, <laughs> it's like Once the yoga mat. It's like the bros yoga mat. I, I find, bring my man. lacrosse ball every day. <laughs> yeah, but shit, like a lacrosse ball, homie, you could just put that in your in your pocket or in your bag, yes. and it's a lacrosse ball is with me every workout because there there are times <laughs> where like if I'm benching and I got a little, I feel a knot in my trap it can throw off my my bench yeah. press i just it throws off my concentration so i bring a little crossball every time uh, the rumble roller this <laughs> year uh we're in the past 12 months i've probably brought it to the gym maybe See, three, three three or four times yeah, uh, and I, it's only if like my if my uh hip flexors or um uh it band if it's really tight um, I will bring it in there just to make sure I'm I'm loosening up a little bit between sets. Yes. But it is it's a big contraption. Yeah, it's not it's not fun. But I'm in well... a small gym, dude. I'm in a real small gym and um, not a ton of people. Um, and we go at a quiet time most of the time. So, I, but all right, am I a douche? <laughs> no, you're not, you're, you're not a douche, man. You just like I'm gonna I can't like everyone in my gym brings their own, and it's just kind of uh-huh. like it's. We'll talk about it later, and I'm just gonna. What I'm gonna do if I ever make enough money, I'm just gonna bring my own like massage guy every time I go to the gym. He's just gonna <laughs> hang out. He's just gonna. You know, I'll, I'll give him a name like Sven or something, and he'll just he'll just release me, and everyone will be looking over like, oh my god, that guy's that's that guy is hardcore. You know, he brings his masseuse. That would so. be fan and a chiropractor. <laughs> and a chiropractor. Yeah, no, I'll, bring, I'll bring Dr. J. That's right, man. <laughs> That is fantastic. And someone doing blood work in between sets. <laughs> make sure you're not going catabolic. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm already on a, a vitamin C drip while I train just to keep, <laughs> just to keep my cortisol low. So, uh, yeah, it would be nothing to just to, you know, have put another line in. Like, what the hell? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, I found it, I found it interesting <laughs> to read that, that uh, yeah, that we really don't know what the hell it is. Um, but yeah, more studies are needed. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. Crazy, crazy shit. So it's, it's a pretty good addition. And again, they had the, I think this one, we discussed the, the volume, the, the study on the one, three or five sets. And, um, it's amazing how people really come to a lot of conclusions with that. Like it, it showed that five sets was better than, well, except Fred Hahn, who didn't agree with that study. Um, cause he's more of a one set kind of guy, I think, or low, low shit. But, um, when you look at five sets per muscle group, that's still nothing compared to what us bodybuilders are doing. So where are the limits in in mm. volume and really, really pushing like something that's really more practical in terms of uh, where we're at? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just a lot of room to experiment there. It's just so important to try different protocols and, 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 and keep a track, keep a log. Like I find one set – training is great for for maintaining or when you really press for time i i don't think it's great for uh for strength i mean i think the research there is pretty clear and certainly not for hypertrophy in my personal opinion i think it's but it uh it definitely has its place mm-hmm. yeah everything has its place it's just yeah. that people get married to one one protocol one method one philosophy it's uh, yeah yeah not, not good not good not good 
All right, man. One thing I want to talk about is uh, rest week. I have not had a rest week in a little while. The main reason um, has been my workout partner. He, he's just a diehard. He, I can't keep the guy out of the gym. Um, so I just been kind of keeping up with him and then going through this cutting phase and I'm getting so close to the end. I'm like, I just want to keep pushing it until I get there and then maybe have a rest week at that point. But uh, I, I love the gym. I love working out. I don't feel like, um, like I feel like my recovery has been fantastic. I don't feel run down. I don't feel like I've been overtraining in any sense. Uh, but my workout partner is going out of town this upcoming week. And that's the only time I can ever keep him out of the gym. He was, he's probably still going to work out when he's up there. But I'm thinking this is its usually a good time. I mean, it's perfect timing for me to take a week off. He's not here. I don't have to force him to take a week off. Um, but I, I've got this little dilemma in my head because I am so close to achieving my, my fat loss goal. Uh, my cutting phase is just about wrapping up. I'm excited to get into a lean gain phase. So part of me is thinking, well, do I just keep going myself this week and ride this thing out and, and get to my goal and then maybe take a week off and get into a muscle building phase? Um, or do I just take advantage of this week right now, eat really well and, and let my body rest and recover? And the interesting thing is that um, this past week uh, during my hockey game, I tweaked my knee and uh, Probably just uh, a sprain. It's not. I've I've uh, torn things in there before, and I've had surgery to repair this same knee. So I know. I mean, there's no swelling. It's just. It's a weakness. Yeah. Um, and it's something that just needs a little rest, recovery, um, ice it here and there. And mm-hmm. um, so I already knew this week I would. I'm not going to be training legs. I'm, I'm taking the week off. Uh, probably a week and a half, maybe even two weeks off of training legs. Um, so I was thinking, uh, well, if I'm already taking legs off, why not just take the entire week off? But it's hard. It's a struggle when you, when you love the gym and Uh you're so close to a goal, taking a week off is mentally, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I certainly, I'm certainly a believer in it. I mean, uh, and so, and in light of what you're trying to do, like, you know, you're, you're, you say you're kind of cutting, so. I still think you can. You can definitely take a week off. You just have to be that much more kind of tight with your diet. And, you know, some people, myself included, things tend to, if they're not going to the gym, you know, they, you know, sometimes the diet can kind of fall apart. But if you if you keep on top of that, you certainly won't regret it. Yeah, I'm, I think I yeah. can have a good week of work productivity as well. There's certain projects that, that I need to wrap up. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see... A benefit in it I, and, and yeah. I know I should I mean I, I preach it all the time that you need like rest is usually good but usually I save it for, I, I kind of th- I kind of look at like I never schedule a week off I never have scheduled a week off I always kind of found that life automatically kind of throws you those times like you're away on a family vacation or Christmas holidays or something like that it, there's there's times through the year where you're going to take time off from the gym and um, but this is a time where I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I, I yeah. don't have vacations. My workout partner's vacation, and that's um, providing me with the opportunity to to take a week off here. So it's it's a little bit different than in the past. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm really big, especially as I've gotten a little bit older. I'm, I'm really big on 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 training, on taking training breaks like that, and and 
Actually, one way I found that makes worked for me is rather than you know having to set every four weeks, I unload or deload, blah blah blah. I just because I travel, you know, a decent amount anyway. I just whenever I I go away, I just I don't train that week, or if I do, it's just purely out of you know because I'm meeting up with an old bro and we're just gonna hit the gym. I just do what I want. Like I just don't, and it's been so mentally liberating. I just don't have to f- fight to find gyms while I'm traveling or, or if, if it happens, it happens. And if not, that's cool. And it just, I find it's uh, like, frick, man, I don't need to train every damn week for that. <laughs> you know, right. I can, I can, you know, especially I can afford a, if I was four weeks out from something, yeah, that's, that's, that's different, but it's, you know, just the, the course of my everyday life, man, I can take a week off. I take a few weeks off and it's mm-hmm. not going to set, you know, it's not going to set me back that far. In yeah. fact, you. In fact, usually you come back uh, after you get back into the swing of things. You're, you're usually you're stronger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it'll be good for me. And if if I don't make progress in terms of cutting that week, then shit, one more week. I'm taking a slow and steady approach, anyways. I don't have a set deadline. It is what it is, and uh, yeah, I think my body will thank me. I'll probably use some of that extra time to do a little extra self massage with a lacrosse mm-hmm. ball and kind of work out work out some of the little trouble spots or areas that uh, I've been a little tight and knotted up lately so I think it will be good it's tough mentally but uh, yeah I think it will be good and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the whole deloading thing I can't I can't do that that the every month do work out for three weeks and then take a week off or, or deload and um, I think naturally I find that the fourth week, I don't quite go as heavy, but it's not like technically a deload. It's just I just kind of dial it back a little bit. Yeah, not all that yeah. much. Yeah, that's something I got kind of misappropriated from 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 strength training. I find is is the like dudes now are, are like even recreational lifters or guys just looking for you know just to look look better. They're they're deloading so much every month, and I just don't believe it's necessary. I think you got to. Especially like for strength, certainly, it you know it should be a part of your program. But for hypertrophy, I mean, yeah, there's something to be said for scaling back volume periodically. But you certainly don't have to uh, you know have it every fourth week, you know, and you know write it into your calendar and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit. I, I tend to take a little bit more intuitive approach. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, your body has a way of telling you when to <laughs> dial things yeah. back a bit. Yeah, I mean. Good shit. I, well, I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that advice because uh, it, it's been a struggle. It's been a mental struggle for me to should I take this week off or not. And now uh, I will. I'll take it off. I, I'm gonna work out Monday because that's his last day here. And then uh, from Tuesday to Tuesday, we'll be off from the gym. And uh, yeah, it'll be Good. interesting. I'll keep you posted on how I'm feeling and uh, especially looking forward to that first week back after this. Uh, this rest week heck yeah but it's fun it's it's important to get opinions from from your fellow bros and yeah. other guys who are knowledgeable and and have the experience i mean you've got two extra years of experience being an old 41 yeah old man. dude to, i really need to to learn from my elders like this and that's right man <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like a wealth of knowledge man <laughs> Uh, and that brings up a good point of what uh, 
I don't know if did you did you share that on your Facebook page? Did you mention see? Yeah, you did write an article yeah, about yeah. hiring a coach because um, we saw Amir Siddiqui. He, oh, he's yeah, yeah. He's I love reading his post. He's a good opinionated guy, but he's yeah. he's brilliant. He's a good educated bro. Um, yeah. Puts out some great content. Very knowledgeable. Um, and here, just recently, he forked over some money for, I think, a 45-minute consult with John Meadows, who is another really brilliant and very experienced guy in his own right as well. They're, they're both brilliant. And here, he, I mean, I think they both hire each other. I know, I know I've heard John mention before that he's hired uh, coaches, and uh, he's mm-hmm. even gone and seen Tom Platts recently, I think, within the past year. There goes my phone. Damn oh, it. I knew I took the wanted to take that out of the room. No worries. And will someone pick it up? Who knows? Anyways, <laughs> so that's going to turn off in a second. And um, yeah, so let's just talk about the benefits of hiring a coach because you've hired coaches as well. Oh, I, I've hired oh, coaches. Yeah. So even us experienced and educated trainers and coaches hire coaches as well. You want to speak on the benefits and why you hire coaches and yeah, I just the I mean, I just think at a certain point uh it's just really inefficient to try to to get your specific questions answered by just reading everything that you come across uh you know online or even I mean, you can only at a certain point it's just, it at least for me it's just so much more focused just to book somebody's time and and get them on the phone or get them on Skype and just you know ask very specific questions about what would make either my training better or my business better. Uh, it's just something I kind of, I've always done and I, and I find I do it more and more now is even though I'm supposedly, <laughs> supposedly getting more experience as I get older, I find I'm doing specific consulting with other people a lot more. It's just, it's, uh, it's just a great way to get the information that you need. And it's not like you get blown away. You know, often it's just kind of, it's kind of reaffirming what you already know or already suspected, but it's just it's just a very very uh, targeted way to increase your knowledge base. I find definitely for for yeah. me, I find it's a great way to kind of get out of my own head. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I do as much as I experiment with and 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 include a variety of training protocol into my workouts and 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 structures and split routines. Um, it's still, I, I still can be somewhat a creature of habit. So it's, uh, it's always great just to get some, some insight insights from another coach yeah. um, to kind of just get on my own head and, and try something different, challenge my body in a little different way. And you just, you just need one little golden, golden nugget can completely, uh, transform the way you, uh, you perform in the gym and the results that you get and it, uh, it opens your mind more than anything and um, helps you experience new different things. Yeah. Especially if it's a subject where you, you know, it, it, where you just are really, really outgunned <laughs> yeah. and I find, I find there's, there's quite a few of them I have. Um, it just, I would much rather just, you know, book an expert's time and uh, get as much as I can out of a phone call. And, and certainly from there, they can kind of push you in, often in directions of more focused study on your own. I mean, just bottom line, there's if you just think you're going to get through, just learn everything by reading what you can for free online. You're just, I don't know, you're going to wind up more confused often than uh, than ahead. 
I think it's really, I guess this can bring up the next thing that with social media nowadays, with, with YouTube, well, I find especially more so with YouTube and Instagram, it seems like almost everyone I'm following is an online fitness coach. Yeah. And, and many of them don't have any kind of degree at all. Um, they're just naturally skinny people, or maybe they lost uh, a little bit of weight recently. They look good. Good looking yeah. people are now online fitness coaches. Um, and it's just, it's my, there's a lot of cookie cutter programs out there. These people are pimping out and, um, I don't know. I'm just like, fuck, really? Everyone, you're an online coach too? You're an online coach too? There's just, yeah. everyone all of a sudden is an online coach just because they look good. So you got to be careful with who you are working with if you are going to uh, hire a coach. Not, not only look at, are they walking the talk, but do they actually have the knowledge and experience to back it up? Because fuck, I'm seeing guys who are 17 years old on Instagram, <laughs> online fitness coach. I'm like, Fuck, dude! What do you do? Read, <laughs> read one book, or you're already a naturally lean dude. How the hell can you consider yourself an online coach? No credentials, no nothing, but I, I'm a good-looking young kid. Buy my program, type thing. So it's it's really, really interesting times in that sense. Yeah, it's it's kind of disturbing. Uh, it's actually it's really disturbing, but whatever. I mean, it's it's free market, man, and and. Yeah. Cr- Cream always rises to the top. So hopefully, people see through <laughs> see through all of that and uh, are smart enough to to ask more questions about what they're going to get. I know I definitely for for coaching for me, pe- a lot of my clients they ask me tons of questions to make sure that we're right fit. I'm asking them just as many. I always want to make sure I'm working with someone who's a good fit for me and it's someone who I can actually help. Um, I can't help everyone, that's for sure. And my knowledge is is limited in some senses too. So, um, but there's some people on their site, boom, buy now button. I don't. I'm not going to give you a buy now button until uh, until we really <laughs> know each other well and make sure that we're a good fit. But a lot of these coaches out there, like, buy the program yeah. now and then we'll talk and uh, yeah, I'll no, set I'd, you up with the program. Yeah, I, I. I... Try to, I try to steer people away more than I said yes. by now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hear you, man. Crazy shit. Well, what, since we're talking about crazy shit, what has been some of the dumbest shit that you've seen come, <laughs> come across this week? Uh, yeah, that's that's funny you mentioned that, man. I mean, I see so much absolute stupid shit online that I've kind of developed like the, a, a mental filter. Like I think it bypasses my brain and goes right to... I don't know my my lower colon like I just don't even absorb it, but uh, but lately now that I'm going to the gym so much now that's that's just my my source of 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 just sheer stupidity again is what I see there and like, I don't know man I don't know if this is a west like I'm out west I don't know if this is a west thing or like what is with gym fashion and dudes and dudes with tights man like <laughs> yeah yeah like, there's there's some in my gym they're wearing tights but they're wearing shorts over their tights so at least yeah that's cool no that's yes, cool yeah. yes like i'm down with that like yeah, yeah I, I don't do that but I, I yeah i can respect that but but man like last night there's like five guys and they're not just like the bottom tights like the nut hugging tights man like they were like like the upper body tights too man this one dude he looked like the flash like he just needed the uh you know, he needed the Fifty Shades of Grey S&M mask on and he would be like a superhero. Like, 
Yeah, it, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's certainly not in my area. I'm just I'm in a small town, so I'm I uh, can't say I've seen. Yeah, I've got no guys in in yeah. tights here. Thank God. Um, you know, I don't know, man. Like if you're like, yeah, if you're like about to like run in the Olympics or like, I don't know, do the skeleton or the bobsled thing, man. I think yeah, that's cool, but. Like, dude, you're just showing up to do your your CrossFit wad that you printed off. I mean, like, do you really need really need head to toe tights? I mean, I just I don't know, man. I just maybe I'm missing out on something. <laughs> maybe that's like the secret to better gains. Like, maybe I should explore that. Very interesting. It could be. It could yeah. be something about the muscle compression and yeah, it's, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll get on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah gym attire is it's definitely interesting. Yeah. You can just you can see the people who just don't give a fuck and will wear whatever <laughs> the hell they want. Then there's other people who are all dolled up. And yeah. my, my wife was telling me the other day she had a, a fun little experience. She was in the sauna after her workout, and there's a little window looking out into the locker room, and she she found it quite entertaining. She's like, people don't realize that there's they gotta look in the sauna to see if anyone's checking them out because there's some. Some women, uh, there was one woman who was in there and she's getting ready to go out and she spent five minutes like checking herself out, like turning around to see if her butt looked okay in her pants and making sure she was all looking good before she went out into the gym. So she's fully, she's clothed, she's got everything on, she's ready to work out, but spent an additional five minutes just making sure that she looked good enough to walk out the door and go train and then there was someone <laughs> someone else who was after their workout was came in and uh, did her hair did herself all up and then took the self well not a selfie a whole bunch of photos like snapping away in front of the mirror there to get yeah. that that oh, perfect it's... selfie in the bathroom so she found that holy quite, shit uh, quite oh, entertaining <laughs> i got a kick out of that but people i guess a looks and appearance in the gym i I guess it, uh, it's a big thing for some people. I don't know, man. I must be like just born just like a little too early. Like, like if I do like one selfie like a month, I'll be like, all right, that's that's I'm cool. You know, that's what I look like. I'm good. But man, <laughs> just, like, like this multiple selfies a day shit, man. Like, I don't know. I just don't get it. And I feel awkward doing it most yeah. of the time. I I did one gym selfie last <laughs> week. It's the first time I've ever like in the gym setting. Stood in front of the mirror and was about to snap my pick. I'm, I'm laughing as I'm doing it. I can't even yeah. take myself serious doing it. And then I hear like my workout partner and another buddy in the gym like, go photobomb him. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's just that, uh, yeah, it feels awkward. I don't mind going like down in the in the aerobics room and, and taking a progress pick of myself and sharing yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah. a weekly progress pick because it's a way for me to hold myself accountable and – um, just to measure my progress as well. Different kind of selfie, I, I yeah. guess, rather than my simple, cute little pose. Yeah, it, it's yeah. an selfies are interesting. That's you gotta get sure. one of them selfie sticks, homie. Like I it's see. like, for, you know, you hold your phone with it, and you can hold it away from your head, and it's yeah. so funny that it's been renamed. Those things have been out for years, and then all of a sudden it was uh, it was at Christmas time, and I saw it in, in Best Buy, one of the flyers. I'm like. They labeled it a selfie stick. I'm like, what the fuck? It was never called a selfie stick before. Amazing how they just changed with the times and this little <laughs> extended tripod holder or whatever and all of a sudden became a, a selfie stick. And oh, my clever, God. Clever marketing gimmicks. 
Nice, nice. Well, what's your... Uh, My stupid shit I, I well, saw this week. Or no, your tip of the week, homie. What's your? Well, I'll what's do. Your... I gotta share my 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 stupid shit because I think All the right. stupid shit is this is the the dumb shit that I read this week. Uh, it was in in an email form. Actually, I've been kind of getting pitched it um, all week long. Uh, said why losing weight won't get rid of cellulite, and oh, immediately fuck. as soon as I saw that headline, I was like, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Cellulite. <laughs> It's it's fat and and they're trying to say in the start that it's not fat. Um, it has nothing to do with it, and it is it's uh, for someone. It just it's mainly a female issue here, and especially yeah. in the back of the legs or the hips. It is you lose weight, and for some for some women, it's going to take like for my wife. She's more uh, predisposed to deposit fat in her hips. And thighs, she could have completely ripped six pack and have a little bit of cellulite on her uh, on her hips and thighs. So she yep. has to get exceptionally lean, especially her upper body is going to be ridiculously shredded for her um, to see the cellulite disappear. But it's all different. I know we've we've talked about. Hopefully, one day we'll get uh, is it Brian Chung on here. Um, oh yes. yes, he's a brilliant, brilliant guy. I've heard him discuss this topic with the Adonis Index guys, uh, mm-hmm. John Barbin and Brad Pilon. And, um, I mean, it's it's tissue. Like, your skin is kind of is connected to the muscle, and um, that creates little um, compartments, little pockets where you're going to be storing fat between yep. the muscle and the skin. And some women have, like, that tissue, the, the distance, the length of the tissue that's connecting the, the muscle to the skin is longer, so you can store more fat in that area without... Um, pushing up against the skin. It's when that that, that little elastic band uh, where it attaches is, is shorter and that muscle, the fat is pushing up against the skin. That's what creates the little dimple in the, in the skin. And so all you need to do to get rid of cellulite is to reduce your body fat there and it's going to get down. It's just for some women, it's going to take longer depending on how, yeah. you, how you deposit your fat. But I just found it, again, like people smart fucking people <laughs> fitness trainers um uh, fitness professionals or whatever these these gurus online they're smart freaking people people that i i respect and sometimes they put out information like you're you're fucking conning people like you're 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 if anything even if you're not lying you're you're being deceptive very yeah. very deceptive and it's really interesting the choice of words there's they're using i'm blowing the whistle <laughs> and you deserve you deserve to be armed with the real truth about cellulite. So I'm like, I'm blowing okay. the whistle. <laughs> <laughs> so here, there, there, of course. So I'm reading this thing, and yeah, it's not about getting rid of cellulite and it's, uh, making it look like they're all for you. And then, of course, you click on the link, and it's a fucking video pitch <laughs> for a product that's selling a different yeah. solution, the real solution to get rid of cellulite. It's not creams or potions or anything like that. They they yeah. make it sound like they're on your side because, oh, no, we're not going to sell you creams and potions. We're going to sell you another kind of gimmick that is just full of bullshit and deceptiveness. And So I think that's the dumb shit that I saw for the week that's not about losing weight. Um, I didn't I couldn't do I couldn't stand like some of these videos I'll watch just to see what kind of dumb shit but it's, it's one where I was like a minute into it I'm like fuck I'm gonna vomit here so yeah. um, just dumb dumb yeah. shit yeah just yeah that's just painful 
that's just painful. So yeah, I, I mentally filter that out now. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the I don't have the gastrointestinal intolerance for for that anymore, man. It's just like oh, but yeah. they must they must be selling it. Otherwise, oh, I guess for sure, for sure, large volumes. Those are the people that are making loads of money. That's uh, that's for sure. Unfortunately, it'd be deceptive and yeah. no integrity. But eh. Oh, well. All right. So that's the dumb shit. Let's get to some actual uh, helpful, useful tips. Do you have any uh, tips to one tip for our, our listeners to take away as we wrap up this podcast? Well, I yeah, I'm a big I'm a big believer in making healthy food choices. I mean, I don't think that I don't buy into the clean eating per se, but I do. Obviously, I'm a big believer, uh, you know, in, in choosing nutritious foods over too much processed junk. That said, to get lean, you absolutely you have to track your macronutrients. You got to track your calories. You can't just make, you know, just select healthy foods and and not respect volume and how much you're eating. And yeah, I, that's something I've known for a while, but it always, you know, it it I sometimes have to remind myself of that as I as I certainly have quite a big appetite. So my big tip is get into if you're at a, especially if you're at a plateau is to track 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 your calories track your macros figure out where you're at establish a baseline and yeah don't just don't just wing it i mean winging it, it's cool i mean for, up to a certain point god knows I, I can get pretty far winging it but at a certain point you have to you have to track so i admire what you're doing scott you're you're very you're very analytical that way so yeah, it That's, suits me, suits my personality, yeah. and I do, I do agree. I can, I can definitely yeah. wing it, wing it, <laughs> wing it to a degree. But, but it, and that's only because of my experience from the past, and and because I eat so many of the same foods, and uh, I can eyeball stuff and know. Indeed, I'm, I'm like eating less than what I normally would, uh, but especially at this point, this stage where I'm at right now, where I'm I'm really lean and and trying to get to that next level which is only like maybe two pounds more of fat to burn you really at this stage in the game it's you have to be precise you really yeah. really have to be precise uh, winging it makes it uh very challenging to uh yeah to shed that last little bit of fat i actually had somebody i work with online i was he said was it a slump and i'm like all right we're i got him on my fitness pal and I'm 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 braiding him to log everything and track everything and and he noticed he goes well why should I do that he's like he's like I look at your food log and there's nothing on there you never write anything and I'm like oh well it's like do as I say not as I do (laughs) (laughs) yeah but there's times and places for it and and there there'll be a time when you're tracking but and it's it doesn't have to be a life long thing it's just it's an education so if apply this tip for like the next one to four weeks just to yeah to get an idea it's an education it really is an education to see where you're at like what kind of foods um what, what your totals are at the end of the day and just seeing what the kind of natural macronutrient breakdown you you kind of fall into what do you do you fall into a pattern a certain macronutrient ratio each and every day so i, I kind of i like looking at those kind of patterns yeah. throughout uh, from week to week and, and month to month so it is fun. I, I like it. I like keeping it up no matter what. But uh, uh, there are some days where I just say fuck it and I, <laughs> I don't track. And I think that's that's cool. That's yeah. cool too. But yeah, definitely, definitely helpful. I'd say my tip is to uh, 
let's kind of double tip like listen listen to a good coach like hire hire a coach and and or at least get opinions from some of your fellow colleagues and and people with uh, experience um take a fucking rest week because it's <laughs> it's something that i've i've struggled with and i'm just if i'm just listening to myself i'd probably just push through it but hearing from you and uh, hearing from from some of my other colleagues um yeah it's definitely a good idea i'm due i'm definitely due and uh, i think even this little tweaking of the knee is a, a sign to say you know what dude just just slow down a little bit and, and take a little break and come back stronger so take a rest week if you've been going at it for a long time if it's going for, for a while hey, don't be afraid to take a week off and maybe use that extra time to get better at tracking your caloric intake absolutely that's like a double tip in one yeah man that's you got the big tip Holmes. We're, that's, we're, that's we're double dipping <laughs> Man, now I need to go get an ice cream cone. <laughs> well, it is Valentine's Day. Dip. Yes, That's... yes, it is. I won't be dipping. We're doing fondue. We're doing chocolate fondue. You wrote an article. That was a fucking killer article, dude. <laughs> BrianCron.com. Go to freaking BrianCron.com. You've been dishing out some great content. I loved, loved that article about Valentine's Day, especially since it was talking about getting hosed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're doing the fondue. I think you mentioned fondue in there. It's something that we do as a family. We've been since um, my wife and I. We've been married for fifteen years, and the whole going out to dinner and battling the crowds on valentine's day that's been long that, that's old <laughs> that is definitely <laughs> worn out it's uh, welcome in our relationship so we don't do that anymore what we do is as a family or i got a my daughter's gonna be 12 soon my son's gonna be 14 soon so they're getting older uh, yep. but for the past few years we've just spent valentine's we'll have a nice dinner together here at home and then um, have uh, chocolate fondue I'm going to dip different fruits in there and, and like graham crackers, so bananas, strawberries, even oranges there are freaking awesome. Graham yeah. crackers and a few other little things. It, it's a fun, it gets us together as a family and um, it's a different kind of love. And I think at this point in our relationship, I mean, family and spending quality time together um, is most important to us. And we still, we love our date nights. Actually, we're going to go out for lunch right now and grab a big fat juicy burger. Uh, now that's that's nothing says valentine's day like cardiac arrest uh at a at a really nice deluxe burger joint so that nice. would be fantastic yeah you're no i'm a bit of a hypocrite i wrote i wrote that article but i'm i'm, I'm still taking the missus out tonight but i don't know do as i say not as i do <laughs> no, but see, your writing has been freaking awesome, awesome, awesome. So go check out BrianCron.com and MetabolicMasterpiece.com. I will have some show notes there, links to the studies that we've been discussing um, about shaping the muscle um, for exercise selection and all that good stuff. Hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode. I think it went a little longer than what our normal ones are, but lots of yep. good, fun stuff to talk about. It flew by for me. Hope it flew by for you guys. And uh, looking forward to catching up with you all next week. Have yourself a phenomenal week and experience fantastic games, all you muscleheads. Hell yeah. All right, buddy. Have a great week. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, you too.